0: Welcome to Your Work, Your Way. This is the podcast where you learn to get in touch with your inner CEO with soul. Learn to take charge of your career. Learn to show up with confidence in a way that is aligned with who you really are. I'm your host, Lisa Filia, master's in psychology, certified life coach, expert career confidence coach, and founder of Believe C. Let's dive in. In today's episode, what I'd like to do is share six imposter types with you. Imposter syndrome is a common struggle that people experience when they are wanting to grow their career. And really what it comes down to is When you feel like an imposter, you're not noticing your own strengths and you're really pushing yourself out of your own element. And so while imposter syndrome can seem like this terrible thing holding us back, what I'd love for you to acknowledge and honor is the fact that when we experience imposter syndrome, it often is also a sign that we're pushing ourselves to grow. And when we see it in this way, it can truly help us to expand our own capacity to love and accept ourselves wherever we're at in our career journey, and also to help ourselves redefine what it means to feel like an imposter so we can help ourselves forward. So in today's episode, what I'd like to do is share six imposter types with you. And I find the term imposter syndrome is so general and has such a heavy energy to it that it can be hard to know what to do with it or how to identify when we're experiencing it or how to help ourselves out of it. So, by breaking it into something more specific, such as by sharing what I think of as the six imposter types, it can help you to see what's going on in your brain. And while you're listening to this episode, I'd like for you to actually notice when they resonate with you, when that specific type of imposter syndrome that I share with you does resonate, because then you'll be able to identify where you're at. And I'll be giving you some specific tips to help to shift out of them as well. And so it can help you there. I also want to share a reminder that there is another episode about imposter syndrome. And if you have not listened to it yet, I do recommend you listen to it first. It's called imposter syndrome and energy, and it sets a great foundation that uh, will help you to change how you approach imposter syndrome overall, because it is an energetic exchange. And that episode explains what I mean by that and will help you to help yourself move past imposter syndrome so you can get even more success with your career and with your business. Now for today's episode, we'll be extending beyond that initial episode about imposter syndrome to truly dive into these six types. Now, I'd like to do our work win before we dive into today's topic, and this win is going to be a win from a podcast listener, so for anyone else listening to this podcast now, if you have a win you'd like to share, something that happened to you at work, something you gained uh, from listening to this podcast or following me at Belief Seed on Instagram or on Facebook, send me a note. You can email me at at lisaatbelievec.com or send me a direct message on social media and share what you've won. I'd love to celebrate you. I'd love to hear what your own winning has been for your work, for your career, for your business. So send me a note. All right. Now today's work win. So this listener shares that The episode, Hear Your Soul's Wisdom, helped them to connect with themselves, helped them to understand what it means to be connected to you, what it means to tap into that inner wisdom, that intuition that we talk about but don't often know how to access, how it truly helped them to tap into that so they knew, one, what to expect. Two, to know that they weren't just making things up, they truly were connected to themselves. And three, uh, better able to facilitate that own connection uh, later on. So I wanted to share that win with you because guess what? This podcast is designed to help you connect to you and you can do that on your own. And these episodes can help you do that. And coaching with me can help you to go even deeper in that so that you can truly Feel like you are hearing you, your own self, your own inner guidance, tapping into that internal authority and hearing you. So thank you to this listener for sharing their experience with me and for anyone else out there who has a similar experience or another specific win, whether it's about work or confidence or career in general, please let me know. I'd love to get to celebrate with you. Okay, so let's get back to today's episode and go over those six types of imposter syndrome. Now, to begin with, imposter syndrome is that idea that we feel inadequate, that we're feeling like we're not up to what's coming to us, that the way people on the outside are seeing us or expecting us to be doesn't match our own feelings of our own capabilities internally. And we're often thinking that we're not as capable as others are Expecting us to be, or the standards that others have for us, or we have for ourselves. So we feel like an imposter, like somehow we ended up in some situation for our career, for our work, and that we just don't truly cut it, and that somehow we're going to be found out. This can create such an overwhelming sense of inadequacy that beats us down and holds us back. But when we think about it in this general sense, it's hard to get. Clear on what to do about it. And so I find it shows up in six different ways. And I'm going to share those six ways with you now so that you can identify which ways, there may be multiple, but which ways really resonate with you. And then you can use that to help make shifts to your own approach for you, for your feeling of imposter syndrome and your work. Now, there are six types, but I find it really shows up as two waves. The first three types of imposter syndrome, they show up really in the beginning when you're just getting into the flow of it. And then the last three imposter types, those come in after you've had a lot of successes and the building blocks of those successes create even more Of a sense of being an imposter. And so I'll share the first three with you, and then we'll go into the latter three that go even deeper into feeling like an imposter. So the first type I wanna share with you is called the superhero. And when I share these with you, I'm going to share them like these archetypes where I will share the most extreme version of the type so that you can get a sense of truly what that type is, and then you can see if it resonates with you. And so likely you might not be the full extreme of it, or you might be uh, feeling like there are times when you're to that extreme, but not always there. But really the goal of me sharing it in this way is to help you identify which ones resonate, which ones stick. So the superhero, that first type of feeling like an imposter. The reason I called it the superhero is because this is somebody who has incredibly high expectations of themselves, even more than they would maybe expect of somebody else. And so they show up in this superhero mentality where they think, oh, I can handle it. I can figure this out. And they continually load more and more on their plate. Now, this doesn't sound bad or or very imposter-like at the surface level. But what ends up happening is they approach things from this expectation. So there's pressure wound in it. It's, I should be able to handle this. I can handle this, right? It has a, a sense of pressure to it where if they can't handle it, then they aren't all that they're cracked up to be. And then they have to take this loss of identity in terms of who they see themselves as and what they believe they're capable of. So the superhero is somebody who just loads a ton of expectations onto themselves. They don't know how to manage their time well. They are likely working late hours and then getting up super early. The, the whole idea of burning the candle at both ends is. The superhero's way where they are continually working, continually putting time in because they believe they can handle it or that they should be able to handle it. Even though to somebody else they might say, hey, you can take a break or hey, you're under a lot of pressure, you can take a breath for yourself. The superhero would not grant themselves that same grace, they would put themselves at a higher level of expectation. But what we need to remember is we're all human. And so for anyone who identifies with the superhero, here's how it tends to look. You'll think something like, I should be able to do this. I can handle this. I should have the ability to figure this out. And then you might feel really pressured and self-critical. And from that space, you'll probably over-effort. You won't say no. You'll overwork. You'll... Uh, even maybe ignore your own needs for rest, for time off, uh, for even just going and taking a bio break and having some food and water and going to the bathroom. You'll just keep working on, and you'll often maybe criticize yourself for it, and you don't acknowledge your effort or accomplishments either. Because you see yourself in this superhero way, or believe you should be that way, even if you don't fully think you're a superhero, you are believing you should be able to handle it. What happens is then when you do succeed and you do get your result, you don't feel any grace for it. You don't feel any sense of pleasure from it because you just think, oh, well, I should have been able to do it. So it just becomes normal, like status quo. So you're Working yourself to the bone, doing these amazing feats and getting things done, and yet not acknowledging yourself for it. What ends up happening is you burn yourself out. So, for anyone who is feeling this resonates, I'd like for you to remember you are human. And I know that sounds obvious, but it's so easy to forget. And I'd like for you to consider how you would treat another human in your situation. And I'd like for you to honor the things that you're doing, the effort that you're putting in, the work that you have done, not just in the sense of, oh, yeah, yeah, I got those things done, but truly pause and hear yourself notice all that you've accomplished and also remind yourself of your own humanity, of your own vulnerability, of your own failures as well. Not to say, see how much you've failed, but to say, see, it's okay that you have, there's nothing wrong for the fact that you have. So that's what I'd offer to anyone who resonates with that first imposter type. The second imposter type is called the perfectionist. And this is somebody who would believe they need to get it just right. They need to get it perfect. And oftentimes our brain doesn't say it in that way. It might, but it might say something more like, I really want to ensure that this is excellent quality. And so they may get a quality issue instead of a perfectionism issue. But what ends up happening is they're still operating from a perfectionistic standpoint. They just aren't calling it that. They're thinking it's quality. They're thinking they just are going to deliver the best of the best. And so they end up feeling very rigid. What do they do when they feel this rigidity in them? Well, they get really meticulous. They overly focus on what's going on. They get hyper-focused on the details or it might even go the other way. They might feel so much rigidity about how perfect something needs to be that they don't feel like they're going to be able to achieve it to that level. And so they might not even start. So they might avoid it entirely because of all the pressure they've put on themselves. The other way this could go is they might sacrifice in other areas. So yes, they might be perfectionistic and get this one task done, but at the consequence of all of these other responsibilities or projects that they wanted to do or were also important. So the result ends up being they'll get just the one task done as opposed to everything done, or they might not get anything finished because they're continually working on it, trying to make it better. Everything is a decision in terms of how you spend your time. If I focus on one thing, that means I'm not focused on the other. And the perfectionist misses out on that. They just see the thing they're focused on. They miss out on the parts that they're not. This narrow-mindedness can create such an intense requirement of them that they're not going to be able to sustain that level of perfectionism. And they're going to be afraid that they're going to fail the next time. So for anyone who experiences perfectionism, what I'd offer to you is to remember why are you doing the thing you're doing? Are you doing it to get it just right? Or are you doing it to get it done? Are you doing it get every detail just in place, or are you doing it so that you can share it with the world? My guess is you're doing it so that it can be completed and shared with others so they can benefit from it too. But if you're so focused on getting it just right, no one gets to benefit from it. So remind yourself of the consequence of high quality. Remind yourself of the negative outcome, the repercussions of being hyperly focused on getting that one project to perfection. Remind yourself of that so you can see both sides of the equation here. Because your quest for perfectionism is making you highly imperfect in all of the areas you're not focused on. You truly cannot be perfect in all areas of life because it would require you to be focused on everything and putting in that level of time on everything. And I invite for you to allow it to be okay to be imperfect. Let imperfection be perfect. Let good enough be a sign that you're helping yourself forward, that you're prioritizing, that you're setting boundaries, that you're seeing the value of your time. Let not making things have to be perfect mean that you're showing up for you by giving yourself the grace and space to take a break and to focus on other important areas of your career or life. So that's what I invite for you if this perfectionist type is resonating with you. The third type I want to share with you is called the failure adverse, and this is the person who is, well, really afraid of, of failing, and they might not say that in that phrasing directly to themselves. It might sound more like, I have to get this done, or else... I'm not going to get the promotion, or I have to get this done, or the client is going to drop me. I have to get this done, or my boss is going to be disappointed. I have to get this done, or I'm going to get fired. Uh, So it's going to have this hyper focus on what'll happen if they don't succeed. So, what happens is they feel very afraid, and the actions they end up taking are ones in which they stress themselves out. And they're so focused on the consequence of what could happen if they don't succeed that they're not focused on how to succeed. They're not focused on the actions they'd need to take to actually get the thing done. They end up procrastinating through their spinning out on what could go wrong. They end up focusing on that piece as opposed to actually getting the project complete or they get it complete, but from such a state of fearfulness that they're not able to access their brilliance fully. And so it becomes a subpar result where maybe they do get it done, but they're so focused on the failure that they might actually miss out on a better way to do it, a quicker way to do it, a more impactful way to do it for themselves. What's the result? Well, they get it done, but they fail to have really balance or care for themselves because they're so focused on the problem orientation and they just don't get to feel very good. And that can lead to some emotional, psychological, and even physical repercussions because you're so focused on the failure and you're bringing yourself down so much that nothing can feel right. You don't have any sense of compassion to yourself because you're so afraid of what could go wrong. So for anyone who resonates with this type, I'd offer for you to change your focus. Notice how things could go right. Notice what could happen for you when things go wrong even. If you messed up, what could still be good about that? Or if you messed up, how could you use that for you? How could it not be such a big deal? How could it be okay? How can you use that failure to build your resilience and to help yourself forward? How can it actually be an asset to you, to your career, to your company? I know it can seem like maybe that's not possible, but if you allow yourself to consider that maybe it is possible, it can help you to be there for you so that you let yourself fail a little bit. We need the failure because the failure is feedback. Feedback on what doesn't work and it can help guide us to what does. But if we're so stuck on having to get things right that we don't try Then we never get to figure out what actually will work because we haven't done anything to even see. We haven't troubleshooted at all. So we do need to give ourselves some feedback. And oftentimes, failure is feedback, not feedback to say you did bad, but feedback to say, okay, now we know that didn't work. Or, okay, now we know how that worked. Let's try it this other way to see if that works better. So I offer that to you to see how failure in itself could be helpful, could be successful, could be effective, could be useful for you. Those are the first three types, and those tend to show up as you're doing the task uh, and maybe even before you have a lot of foundation of success. The next three types I'm gonna share with you are the ones that tend to happen after you've already gotten pretty far in your career or with a certain project or skill set. And so these ones might not be as apparent to you, but I want you to notice them as well and notice that they are still a part of imposter syndrome. So the fourth type of imposter is called the lucky one. And this is the person who has been doing their work and succeeding at it. But what they do is they just say, oh, I got lucky. I just got lucky. Anyone with my background could have done this. Anyone who had the luck I did, the mentors that I had could have gotten here. So what they end up doing is they take themselves out of the equation. They don't acknowledge their part in their success. They just point the reason for the accomplishment to all the outside forces. And so they end up feeling pretty insignificant, pretty unspecial. Like it's not them, it's just All of the experiences around them. But here's the thing people can approach their experiences, their situations, their resources in such different ways. The resources don't create the result. How you use them does. How you use them comes from you, who you are, how you think, how you feel, your energetic approach to your work. So we need to acknowledge that. But when we don't acknowledge it, we end up just feeling small. And so what happens is we get more successes and yet never acknowledge our own part in it. So we end up holding our own career back because we're not showing up very confidently or strongly. And that might come across to potential bosses, potential clients. And we end up kind of holding ourselves back in the sense that we're not able to own our own skills so we might not be speaking up for specific opportunities that could come our way because we never thought it was us or our ability we just thought it was luck or specific resources we don't give ourselves credit so we don't speak up when more opportunities come because we didn't ever think we did it in the first place the result ends up being being held back feeling small Getting yourself stuck and also just not feeling very satisfied overall. On the outside, your life might look very successful, but on the inside, you feel completely inadequate and like it wasn't you who did any of that. It feels like you're just reaping the benefits of all of your situation and not anything to do with you. So, if this resonates, if any aspect of it resonates, and you do relate to the lucky one, I'd like for you to acknowledge, yeah, your circumstance does play a part. Your resources do play a part, but they aren't making the result itself. Help yourself to see your aspect of it. What did you do with that resource? How did you apply that feedback or that mentorship? How did you use the experiences, your education, whatever it might be that you think is the reason for your success? How did you yourself use it to make that success come? We want to draw the attention back to you, not to say that you're the reason it happened because your brain might not Believe that if you're seeing yourself as the lucky one. Instead, to see that, yes, those pieces played a part, and so did I. My part mattered too. My part was just as important. Help yourself to see that and acknowledge that, and then it will help you to break through this imposter type. The fifth type of imposter syndrome is the effort-centric. And this is similar to the lucky one, but it actually takes a little bit of a different flavor. This person will have noticed their successes potentially. And what they'll say is anyone who spent the amount of time that I spent on it would have gotten those results. And I really relate to this type because I remember saying when I was a kid, I wasn't the smart one. My brother was, I was just the one who would really work hard. I had a strong work ethic and that story sounds kind of valiant in a way, like, oh, I'm gonna just, you know, power through. I'm gonna get it done. It has a, a good feel to it in a way where you feel like you are just working hard, like you're really making it happen. But what it also does subconsciously, maybe without you realizing it, is it implies that you need to struggle to get success. You end up feeling like you've struggled or tired or exhausted because everything becomes a struggle because you've told yourself it was your effort that did it. You didn't acknowledge your unique strengths, your unique capabilities, the energy essence that you bring. You've just made it your effort. So what happens is this person will continually over-prepare and downplay their abilities. And what that means is they think the secret to success is preparation. So they'll research, so they'll plan, so they're prepared. So they'll see somebody put an hour in it and tell themselves they're going to put 10. And this has worked, probably gotten them some successes. And that's what makes it so hard to break because you can see how your effort has played a part but what you're not seeing is how it's also just you. You without the effort, without the actions, just you. And when we don't see us, we end up exhausting ourselves and burning ourselves out because there comes a point when you no longer have any more time, when you can't keep preparing because you've ran out of time. You just don't have it anymore. And you will end up in the short-term burning out. In the long-term, you'll stop getting results because you won't be able to keep up with your own idea of what it takes to be successful because you think it requires so much time. So for anyone who resonates with the effort-centric, help yourself to acknowledge that maybe it's not the effort, maybe it's your energy. Maybe your energy, your essence, your unique being is bringing success to you and your hard work might be getting in the way. What if that were the case? Play with this idea. Try working less. Give yourself a deadline for how much time you'll spend on something and make it less than what you would normally spend on it and help yourself see the fruits of your labor, not from your effort place, but from how you're approaching it. Help yourself to see your energy and the abilities that you bring, the skill set that you have not just from the actions you take, the time you spend, but from truly seeing you. Now let's go to the sixth and final of the imposter types. This one is called the success adverse. The way this sounds is this person will be telling themselves things like, I can't keep this up or they'll find me out. This person is the one who has had success, realizes others have seen that success, and they're concerned that they're not going to be able to continue to deliver. They feel like there's going to be a point where they can't keep up with themselves and it's all going to come crumbling down. So what ends up happening is they'll start to avoid future opportunities. They'll not make bold moves. They'll downplay their own success because they're afraid if they keep committing and they keep moving up, they're going to lose. They're going to fall. And they're worried about that rejection. And they focus there as opposed to on the growth that they're having or could get from taking on these opportunities. The result here is the more success you get, the worse you feel. Because you keep making that success mean that it's an eventual downfall. So every success becomes like this ticking time bomb closer, closer, closer to approaching your impending doom for when you do mess up and can't keep up and everyone realizes you're a fraud. That's how you're feeling when you're the success adverse. So for anyone who relates to the success adverse, what it really takes is helping yourself see how you're holding yourself back, how you thinking you can't keep up is actually making you play small is actually going to be your downfall. You're trying to n- play it safe, not make bold moves, be carefully cautious is actually going to be what takes you down. You think your bold move is going to take you down, but it's actually your careful cautiousness when done from this place of fear of being seen as an imposter, that's going to be what takes you down because you're not going to be giving yourself the chance to succeed, to grow. So these opportunities that come your way, that call to you, that you would love to do, but are afraid that you might not be good at, those are there to give you a chance to grow, to expand who you are. So if you're the success adverse, This comes down to letting it be okay again to fail, which we talked about with the previous types, but also to help yourself see how not doing the thing, not taking the risk is actually not successful in itself, is actually you stopping yourself from potential success later on. We wanna help ourselves see. We wanna help ourselves to grow, and we wanna help ourselves acknowledge again, our part in what we're doing. So for the success adverse, when they can help themselves see how not taking action on opportunities is actually making them less successful and how they're more successful now than they maybe maybe even are acknowledging in the things that they've done and how they've played a part in their success. When they do those things, they can drop out of feeling like an imposter and show up with more of that genuine, authentic confidence that can help bring them forward. This is going to be what helps us get out of imposter syndrome. So to recap, we've gone over the six types. We had the superhero, the perfectionist, the failure adverse, the lucky one, the effort centric, and the success adverse. Those six types can show up and we've gone over each type, how that type thinks, how they tend to feel, what they do and the result they get. And then we've shared some specific tips to help you with each of those types, depending on which resonates with you. I'd like for you now to think about one thing you can take from this episode to help yourself break out of that imposter type. Because whichever type or types resonate with you, you don't have to let that define you. You don't have to hold yourself back. You can help yourself see your part. This doesn't mean you have to try to own the entire success or accomplishment that you've done. You can still acknowledge other people or your circumstance, or the resources around you as playing a part. But don't forget you in the equation. Help yourself to see your own accomplishments, your own worth, the value that you bring. Because you have value. And I'm not just saying that to make you feel good. I'm saying it because it's true. Each and every one of us came to this world came to this earth in this time and place to serve a function to have a purpose to lead a life and i don't say this to pressure you in any way because you just being here and expressing yourself is serving that purpose so you don't have to go looking for something specific to do but i do want you to help yourself acknowledge that this means you have value you're not an imposter you're here for a reason And while many of us do feel imposter syndrome at some point in our life, this doesn't mean it has to be what defines us. And we don't need to call it imposter syndrome anymore. I offer you these six types to help guide you to see where you're at, what's holding you back, so you can help yourself forward. And if you want help with this, This is what coaching can help you with. Working together, we dive into what's holding you back. We talk about the energy that you're bringing to your work and how that is helping you to stay stuck or to stay in this imposter mentality. And we talk about how to break you through it, both at a conscious and subconscious level. When you work with me, you get guidance on how to tap into your soul-filled self-confidence so you can access the brilliance within, get beyond these imposter types, and get down to your core as to the value that you bring, why you matter, and how you can help in this world. So if this is calling to you and you want to learn more, click the link in the show notes. We dive into how you can get help by working with me. And there's also the opportunity to do a free consult with me where we talk about your specific goals and you get a feel for what it would be like to work together. Thank you for listening to our episode today. And if you are ready to dive into your own soul and you want to be connected with soul-filled self-confidence that allows you to fully show up so you can do your work your way with soul, then join me in our group coaching program. It starts in January, but go ahead and enroll now. And the sooner you enroll, the sooner you start getting support. So click the link in the show notes to enroll and I will see you there.